Merry Christmas, Catherine. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Andre. Okay, so so what do we have today? What do you want to talk about? We haven't done a, a cast for some time. For three and, weeks. And the last time we did one it was... Um, With our special guests. Yep, we spoke about the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Remember. So, what is it you want to talk about today? Do you think that if you ask me first, then I, I have to have all the topics? Well, I have a number of topics. I okay, I want to hear your topics first for a change. Okay. I always go first. So, number one, we could talk about... The flat Earth. Two, we could talk about the firmament that's inside, uh, above the the um, the clouds where the water is. We could t- talk about healing. Is actually healing available today? Um, we've done this. We've done all. Yes, we've done this. We don't need to rehash this. Maybe I should go first. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've talked about these. Oh, okay. So. Um, yeah, we have. All right. I mean, we talked about... Uh, I think we, we shouldn't bring anything up unless we have something new. Okay, so what new... Well, I was I was thinking of an interesting topic. I mean, I know it's, it's Christmas. We've had our Christmas conversation. I was thinking we should have a conversation about churches. And the controversial con- conversation should be how should one respond to people in uh, your church or the church that you attend? How, how do you decide what is a good church, what isn't? And how do you respond when there are differences in a church, uh, doctrinal differences? Okay, so that's pretty philo- philosophical. Well, even the, even, right? the concept of, even the concept I was thinking about was... Where do the concept of today's traditional churches come from? What do you mean? Give me an example. Well, if we look at the... Let's just talk about the traditional church that everybody attends on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Most Christians will go to a church on a Sunday. It'll be a building that stands with a steeple. Okay. And it has glass windows, sometimes stained glass, sometimes not. Okay, so, so... And people sit in rows... And they okay. face, and there's an altar at the front of the church. There's an altar. Oh, so the, the design of the church, where does it come from? Well, first we've got the physical design. And th- okay. then there's a... So th- are you saying... Then there's a ceremonial aspect where everybody comes, comes in, and they ha- there's, a, there's a process of how it happens. Yeah. And then there's the concept, and then you have all these denominations, right? So Okay, so I'm going to And then them, you have the I'm concept really of, the of, of home churches... Okay. And you have concepts of these. So, where did how did it all evolve into a place where we now have this system of going to church every day, uh, every Sunday? Because mm-hmm. the way I look at it, and, and, and here's another thing, is you will listen to pastors, you will listen to men of God, and it's a very well known, spoken, I would say, tradition. I'm going to call it a tradition that. If you are not plugged into a local church and you're not attending a local church, you are not a good Christian and there's something wrong with you and um, you need to find a local church and attend it. And you need to attend it faithfully and you need to be plugged in and you need to be, you know, that's that's your role. Okay. And, and so, so do you see all of the, the, this is what I've been thinking about. So would you go, want to go back to the firmament? No, uh, so what you're saying is 
One, where does the church structure today that we see originate come from? That's right. Um, you're talking about pews, the, the altar, steeple, altar, the sanctuary, you know, okay. all these words we use. Okay, that's one. The second question is, um, maybe the, also the question is, okay, so what would be the, the churches or the, the correct structure? Based on a biblical... Based on the scripture. Right. And then I think you're also asking... Um, Even the process of the the flow of it, like the way oh, that the, happens, the and agenda, the, yeah, the agenda, the, where and, the agenda is more and, and being plugged in. Like, is it is it biblical that you and mandated that you must attend this church every Sunday? That's that's the church structure. Okay, okay. So let's start with the the structure of the church. The physical structure. Physical structure. Where do you think the physical structure comes from? Well, or, or the first the first structure that you know of, not in scripture, that that you, if you not in scripture yeah not in scripture okay so worldly <clears throat> from you know, the first church when you think of a first church mm -hmm. wh what do you think of like a, 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 first a, a, church, an old church a first old church would be like any of those old big steeples the catholic um so the, probably the catholic, the catholic churches, churches. All, the old gothic yeah church. the gothic before, style before the gothic that even. took years to build so about before king arthur around about king arthur time period even before the middle, well, probably around the Middle Ages, yeah, the Dark Ages, when they were building, they would take, they would build these giant structures, and you know they've been standing for thousands. Yeah, but that, of and years. that came later, right? But before. But that it would was... be a, a specific building. <coughs> Do you think that the the church structure was actually uh, what we see today is actually uh, mimicked off the pagan structure of 300 A.D. You know, because if you think about uh, 300 AD they used to also have buildings but I'm not talking about church buildings they all, they also used to have an altar in the front it wasn't an altar that we, we would call an altar it had been an altar where they used to sacrifice humans things. or animals and uh, when people used to sit they used to sit in rows even the Greeks if you look at the amphitheaters they were in, in that kind of structure, structure where right. you had somebody always sitting in front of you and somebody sitting in front of you so everybody's fa eyes were faced Front. Focused on the high priest who was busy sacrificing. Yeah. Well, high, well not high priest, whatever. Whoever well, what they, was there? The high priest of, or priest of, priest and priestess, <coughs> whoever the, yeah, they were. So you see this. You also see in the churches a steeple. And um, you would argue, actually, is it a steeple or is it an obelisk? You know, a big, it looks like a penis. Uh, and you'll see. It's a very phallic symbol. Yeah. In a lot of, of if you talk about the, the Vatican as a massive one, whether you talk about the U.S., that big, tall thing. The monument, monument Washington Monument. Yeah. There's so many of them. They're the exact same structure across this world, even in Egypt and places like that, referring to fertility. So you can see that even the steeple was mimicked after the penis. And I'm saying... Which is... Which is I, I know I'm saying that quite... But but that's what it is. We, we Similar call, fertility. We, we call it the obelisk, mm -hmm. but it's actually it's actually a, a, a penis, and it's referring to um, fertility. And so when you look at the church structure today, yeah, now the altar is called something different. It's no, like, no, you'll well, still well, say well, it's not altar. It calls it an altar. But what I'm saying is not it's not like so where it originated from. 
was actually the people will say bring your offerings to the altar or come to the altar and we'll pray for you you yeah. hear those words even yeah, in protestant churches so it goes so the structure of the church originated around about 380 maybe even slightly before that and and when i say originated i'm talking about that um once constantine took over that's where the church structures if you even look at the like King Arthur's days, and you see the you see a steeple, you see the rose, you see an altar in the front, even an old building, and now you look look at the cathedrals and the Gothic buildings, and all there are is a big scale of what that is, right? So, I think the structure that we see today in churches is the structure of the pagan structure. If you look, sounds at, very um very yeah you know you know how I care about those things right. Um, if we look at the, the church in the scripture, there isn't necessarily... The early church. The early church. About. You don't necessarily see a structure. I would say, um, if you look at the synagogue, let's, let's, let's for argument's sake, let's say the synagogue is like the pattern of the early church, which is not, because the early church is more of a, a met in houses. So when you meet in a person's house, there is no such a thing as... Um, sitting in front of each other you're all sitting in a circle or you're sitting in some kind of u-shape or an o-shape and if you look at the synagogue the synagogue structure was um, in a u-shape so Moses seat was in the front there's like a u-shape and everybody sat looking at each other and then talking and discussing amongst each other and the priest would say one or two things, and the read priest from, read the, from the scrolls. And the priest would will read Mosaic law, and then he will point to somebody in the crowd. For example, in the scripture, once he pointed to Peter, and Peter, a Paul, and said to Paul, Paul, do you have a word that you want to share? And then Paul stood up and he shared. And so, so it was. It wasn't a the preacher shares everything. Or the priest shares everything. It was. People discuss things in the in the church. Also, the church, and I'm this has been tread on some people's toes. The Paul was actually a little bit shocked because in the synagogue and in the early church, in the, in the Jewish church, women weren't allowed to just ask questions willy nilly, right? They had to ask their husbands and homes. So Paul, in one Corinthians fourteen, says to the woman, "Hold hold your tongue, like hold it." Uh, in other words, ask your husband at home if you have any questions. And if, for example, the husband can't speak, then obviously the husband can you know, ask his wife on his behalf to do the speaking. But wife doesn't just stand up and start speaking. There was order in, in the, 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 the structure, I'm going to call it the church structure. Um, but that was when they would meet on the Sabbath, correct? Which would be the Sabbath... The Sabbath day, which was the Saturday, well, we know. In the scripture, the, the 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 Jewish people met on the Sabbath. Yes. But but the but the Christian church different times they used to meet on the first day of the week, right? So, uh, meeting on a day is not a prerequisite for the Sabbath, right? So they met. Uh, of course, look at the early church. They met also on a, a Wednesday. Um, does that mean Wednesday becomes the Sabbath? No, of course not. So people start saying when a person meets on a certain day. Therefore, it's the Sabbath. No, it's not. You can meet any day of the week. So the early church, some of them used to meet on the first day of the week. Not all of them, but some of them used to meet on the first day of the week. And the thing is, they used to meet 
predominantly if you say what is a church structure I would say a home church it's in a home okay so so what does the ch uh, build what does it look like in, inside the home a home what is a home do you have chairs I'll ask you do you think we have chairs backing one to another or do we all sit and talk we talk right mm -hmm. there's no one in front of the other one in the front of the other right there's this we all engage and we all talk and so I, and, and, the, and the scripture in, in Matthew 18 verse 18 to 19 it talks about if two more gathered in my name so a church is actually not a building either a church is a gathering of believers you know so you ask the question um, should we um, what is a church mm -hmm. a church is not well, I'll ask you what's the definition of a church from the scripture well if I look at the Greek word yeah the Greek word is ecclesia right yeah okay a Greek word is ecclesia and so I think the the reason I'm, I'm asking all these questions and struggling with it is because I listen to podcasts with different pastors uh, I, I interact with Christians all um, at least three days a week and besides my family which is full-time um, and and so I keep hearing people saying oh I feel like I have to come to this church I have to go to church I have to find the church and and I'm not against the concept of Christians gathering together and encouraging one another because scripture is very it's, it's biblical it says we are together do not forsake gathering together of yep. believers um, uh, build each other build one another up Paul talks about unity the unity, unity in the body yep. he, he talks about um, even some of the gifts are specifically for the body of Christ mm -hmm. but I feel like in oh no, no I don't feel I, I sense that in in this day and age we confuse the concept of church with the body of Christ with the gathering of believers we've amalgamated all those words into this one global concept of I'm going to church therefore I'm with the body of Christ I'm with the gathering of believers and that's all I have to so, do so then in, in that case because we know the scripture says if two or more gathered in mind that's I'm, Matthew 18 19 right yeah, I am there in the midst mm -hmm. so therefore that will constitute a church mm -hmm. Then the question is, well, then... But he doesn't a say family, it's a church. A, uh, well, like a family. Mm -hmm. Right? So if, if Christ is in the midst of us, um, then a church is a gathering of, of believers. What constitutes a gathering of believers? Is it one, two, three, four, five? And if, and if, if, it's, if let's say, for example, there's another believer. So let's say two believers. If you're gathering to them together, is that considered a church gathering? Mm-hmm. And I would say yes, that would be, because that means you can uh, pray, pray. You have uh, this is the unity, breaking of bread, fellowship, study the word, whatever. Yeah. So, so going back to your 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 question about what is a uh, a church, uh, it's really a gathering of of believers. So then the question is, okay, well, what about a family? A family as a family of six. You can say, well, we all believers in the family, therefore. We don't have to gather with anybody. And I don't believe that's right either. Because I believe the family is one unit. So even though, yes, the individually we are a gathering, but also we should be gathering with other believers. Um, and, and the scripture is clear, talking about the unity that we, we build, one, build one another up. 
but being uh, it's like these pastors, these evangelists, these um, uh, what is it? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. They are used to build the body. So in a family, you don't have necessarily all those the five. Five-fold ministry. Yeah, you need to have other people providing information. Then the question you would maybe ask is, well, what happens if I'm using YouTube and I'm watching YouTube and I'm bringing in those speakers and then you only have your family? At the same time, I, I, I don't think that's growing either because... You need to get challenged. You need to be in that group where you where you are in a U-shape kind of thing, and you're having a discussion regarding scripture. Because even yesterday, when we were discussing, one of the questions was this controversial topic, and and we don't get into the details, or we don't change our interpretation. Unless we get challenged. So we don't hash out the details of yeah. scripture. So if the pastor is standing at the front of the church and the pastor says, uh, this is how we, this is what the scripture means. And then you need to have dialogue. Then you everybody need... just goes, okay, yes, we go home and we believe blindly because that's what they've said. As or, opposed to saying, or, or why we not? Don't. Or, we, or we don't. And we, and we struggle. and We, we, we have no one to struggle with. Yeah, exactly. Cause, and that's why someone will say, well, why do you get angry when you're discussing it? Because when you start discussing it, you, you're pulling out old beliefs you, 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 you're fixing you're hammering things away it's like iron sharpens iron I've never seen when they make knives and sharpen knives they do those sparks right like I'm talking about big there's normally sparks iron sharpens iron yeah the, 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 the steel gets hot then it has to cool down and there's and, and, and that's the friction and you need that and so in a family typically speaking you normally in unity because normally the father is the head and, and, and the wife um, uh, and the husband or someone in agreement, but sometimes you need the other side to challenge um, the other side so that you can see. Because it's not about being right; it's about what does the truth say, and then lining up with the truth. But uh, but Mike, I have a question for you: Is so? Do you think if a believer does not, what is better? Maybe it's a question. What is better? A Christian going to a traditional church, uh, and we could even call it a pagan like structure church, or is it better for a Christian to go to a home church where there's no so so called accountability, right? Maybe we can even talk about accountabilities and, and, and all that. Yeah, because I think we have to bring up both sides of the yeah. different perspectives. Or or is it better to only have people your life that are like-minded. Well, I, I want to clarify because I don't want people to think that I'm against the, the you know the corporate church. I call it the corporate church, and and my emphasis is on corporate because it's it's a business making uh, uh, institution. You know, yeah, it's, it's linked to the government. It's Just linked to the government. Non-profit status. Where do you think that comes from? They have to submit certain books. They have to have, have certain structure. They have mem- their membership. All this. Exactly. So I call it the corporate church because it is a corporation. It's registered. It has to comply with certain rules. It's not how God wants the church it, to be. It, 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 pastors so you know. get paid. I'm not against pastors getting paid. Pastors should be paid. The, the, by the people. By the people. Not, not the government. Not the government. Um, 
so I do, and, and yes, for you know, uh, honesty, we do give money and we do use tax receipts. Why? Because the government takes so much of our money. If they're willing to give us back, we're willing to take it. But we don't give because we get tax receipts. If there's tax receipts, we get them. If there's not, we still give. Whether in South Africa or not, we used to do yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But my point is that <coughs> the corporate church, I mean, because a lot of corporate churches, what they'll do is they'll have midweek home groups or Bible studies that people will meet at a home group and then they come together on a Sunday for big corporate worship because we do see evidence of corporate worship of, of you know like think of the day of Pentecost or when Jesus spoke to the 5,000 or the 4,000 notice again they met in a house right they and then what, what where did Pentecost they were, yeah they were in the upper, upper room, room. Yeah. but then it, it spread outside to I mean you couldn't fit 4,000 people in the upper room mm-hmm. But, but the point was, and, and I also want to say that the corporate church, many corporate churches doing a lot to bring people to Jesus, baptisms, whatever, they're doing that stuff. That's great. Um, but I, I also want to, on the flip side... Do you not answer my question? I haven't got there yet. No. I, I want to relieve people of the fact that don't feel like you have to be part of the corporate church. It's okay to, to have... A place where you go to and you're meeting with like-minded believers. I, I meet with like-minded believers all the time, and I, I feel we're having we're having church because there's also all these corporate programs. Oh, we've got to send our youth to youth group. And we've got to have junior youth, and we've got to have young adults. We've got to have this, and, and and we we now take the school system and put the school system in the church, and and it's it's just this complicated, you know, mess. I, and I, I kind of also just want to give people the freedom to say. So, so what you're saying is there, there is no such a th- there's no such a thing as a perfect church either or, or gathering, right? Gathering, no. We all, we, we all and don't make let be de- yeah, and don't be defined by the traditions of oh, this is a church. I must go to a church. I must be a member. I must you know get involved and volunteer because you know you always hear the pastor saying oh, you need to get involved in your local church and so volunteer. So should we be striving for perfection or going to places where? It's the, the more biblical model, or should we be going to wherever and shining Christ's light wherever we are? I think the fundamental thing is you've got to seek Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, where do you want me and where do you want to use me? That is the, that, that is number one. And I, 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 I recognize again, that I recognize the Lord can use He can use a, use a donkey. He can use anything. Okay. So even when I I'm get a, a, even a when you have question. churches having Christmas trees and having a you know a Santa a secret Santa exchange and you got to go and wear antlers and all that kind of stuff which is not biblical mm-hmm. um, or having Easter eggs and Easter egg hunts which are pagan um, the, the the Lord can even use those things because in His mercy and His grace towards us He He loves us wherever we at because none of us are have the perfect model. But I do believe there's an ideal and then there's, okay, this is what the Lord's calling me to do. And and I, um, well, no, hang on, that sounded wrong. There's a perfect model that I believe he, 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 he would like, but then there's also places, you, you can be used anywhere, should I say. You can be used anywhere. But it, it just feels like there's an, a burden placed on people. Oh, I have to belong to this church. I have to go to this church. What about the idea, the concept of church hopping, right? Yes, that's a, that that falls into that too because people say, "Oh, you just, you just, what do they call it?" There's a word they have, church. Um, 
Yeah, there's a word for, for people who just go from church to church to church. Is but, that a but, good or a bad thing? But then you have people who have been in their so, church so, for 30 years. So is that a good thing or a bad thing? What do you think? No, I'm asking you. I'm asking you back. No, I, I think that I, I really believe it should be Holy Spirit led. So whether, and, and so I don't believe that you have to be plugged into one place for 70 years of your life. And that you grew up in a church, therefore you must stay there always, and you must always go there. I, you know, I saw, I see Paul and Silas and Peter and Barnabas. They travelled around. They 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 travelled around speaking at different cities. Um, when they were home, I'm sure they went that they had a, a regular gathering of believers who came to wherever they were staying. Um, I think that going to different churches, you get exposed to different people. Um, there's different levels. Every, all of us are growing in our faith. And sometimes the church that you've always gone to and the place you've always been is not always the place that that satisfies what's, what's going on in your life. And I, I don't think people have to be stuck on this idea is that I've been going to this church, you've always gone to this church, you've grown in this church, therefore you must stay in this church. I, I No, I don't think that's a requirement. I know that's an expectation, but I don't think that's a requirement either. So you think that... Um, <clears throat> if, <clears throat> if one is led by the Holy Spirit, that he or she will be going to church as he leads, and and so so if if for example the time's up, in other words, two things: one to impart, in other words, to be a blessing, but to put the shoulder to the wheel mm -hmm. and not become like a suction mm -hmm. on the uh, so in other words, helping out, um, and also receiving. Mm -hmm. So if for example you are not receiving or you're not being able to give then what's the point of staying, right? There has to be either you receiving or you giving. And ideally, it should be, it should be both. But if you're not doing either, then what, what are you doing there? Well, I think a lot of then, people will go there. It's like a social club. And, mm. and, and there's this, I see this so happening. So is that wrong, a social club? Because I've heard this. I know that, as you know, in our home church, one of the things we don't want to do is actually have, have a, a kind of a social a mentality, social club. But the fact is we do, we are sociable beings. And we do enjoy one another's company, right? But the main focus is is not should not be the fellowship. The main focus should be getting close to God. It's like a marriage. Someone someone would say, "Well, in a marriage, a a wife needs to focus on her husband, and the husband needs to focus one hundred percent on his wife, right?" And you see those marriages that don't actually end off very well. Because they're focusing on each other, they start to try and please each other, and then they, they fail. But when they when a couple starts focusing on the Lord 100%, then they start automatically doing the right things and helping and loving one another better. So it's the Lord. In other words, having your eyes fixed upon the Lord solves everything else. So, so in terms of the gathering, if the gathering's main focus is focusing on the Lord... And what the Lord has provided versus programs versus each other versus these things. But the, the main focus, I'm not saying it's, it's only because there are elements that we are, um, Paul talks about to Timothy that you need to take care of the widows and, and orphans. Verse, and James talks about orphans. And so we are, to, we are to do that. But what I am saying, but that's not the main focus. Just like, for example, when they said to the early church uh, leaders like Peter and them, okay, well, Who's going to feed all these widows? Yes, because, and he says, no, yeah, no, no, no. All these people. find people amongst you that, that can look after. But we all have to give in ourselves to the word of God and, and, and prayer. Prayer and fasting. Well, yes, it's word of God and prayer. 
right? And um, this is in Acts, right? You're talking <clears throat> about in Acts. Yeah, I believe it's in Acts. I think it's Acts. Three or five, six, seven around there. Okay. I think about, about more like five, six. Um, but the the idea is is specifically to uh, focus on the Lord. And I think the leaders should be focused on the Lord. So if, for example, the leader of the congregation um, is not, and then we talk about accountability, right? If we talk about accountability, everybody used to say, well, a home church, what are you accountable to? Or who? Oh, yeah, who? I want to ask you, who is the church, a traditional church, who are they accountable to? No, they would say they're accountable to the denominational um, what do they call them? They call they have they they grouped into areas, and then they have superintendents, or they have area. Um, so you would say <clears throat> the denomination is accountable to the denomination. So yes, each individual church is accountable to the denomination which they belong to. Okay, so so what happens in, for example, when the COVID thing ha- happened, and the government over just said churches stopped? Did you think that the they looked at the um, denomination, or do they say we're going to follow the government? The denomination, um, most denominations gave out what their recommendation was as a denomination, but each individual church responded according to what they thought. Oh, was okay. The so, so in other words, it's not, it's so, it, so this kind of nonsense where people say that they're accountable to the um, overarching um, denomination is not necessarily true. They are accountable to the government. Okay. And that's a little bit watch, watchy, right? Where you have to, if you're accountable to the government, are you really accountable to God? Right? Is, is, is the government your God? And so whatever the government says, like they say, they said, okay, I want you to isolate all the old people and put them into a cage. Many of the churches would have done that because they're not following God. They're following, they would rather follow, and we even saw this, I even put a, a, a discussion with one of the churches where they took their people and they ostracized them for not wearing a mask and yet they had medical exemptions again for wearing masks and yet they enforced it on these on the people so we say uh, what they're accountable to the government right that's one. right two they're only accountable to the denomination if it's convenient because even in the churches that we've been to the the, the pastor has autonomy as much as the board allows him to or she to. So if the board decides, you know what, we don't like the way this you pastor, even though that you started this church, we don't like the way that you are running it, they can kick them out because the board is uh, accountable to the government. Government. And who decides ah. on the board? The voters in the church. So, so what is the structure that we're supposed to have in the Bible. Okay, so before we go there, yeah. just the accountability, go back to, uh, let's answer the accountability of the home church. Because now we've talked about the accountability. Most churches have a board. Most churches aren't, you know, they, they don't follow the biblical structure we're going to talk about. But in a home church, it would typically be... Normally, because it's a home church, it's normally of a smaller gathering, right? Yes, it's much smaller. Uh, we, what are you talking about? Uh, I'm saying less than 50 on average, sometimes it could be. I've seen home churches having ten, so ten to fifty is is, is uh, the home churches that I've seen and, and and we've experienced too, right? So around about that. So who, who are we accountable to, right? Who who would they be accountable to? So I'll ask you this question because you've seen this. 
over the years. Who do you think? Well, when I think of the word accountability, I think about it's somebody that's like if I said to you, Andre, um, you know, this person's keeping me accountable. It would be somebody who would be checking in with me, somebody who's praying with me, somebody who knows how I'm doing, who asks me questions, who engages with me. That's what accountability is. Now, in a corporate church, accountability, from what I knew, the only there, there was nobody who ever held me accountable. But I, I would dress up, me and my family, we'd go to church, we would um, see everybody, hi, how are you doing? Good, thank you, okay, bye-bye. And we would do whatever ministry we were part of because we were always part of ministries. And those people were people I would pray with. or <clears throat> But nobody was ever saying, uh, holding me accountable. Yeah, so the they never disciplined any sin. I never saw any sin ever disciplined in the church. I never saw any any um, people you know, called up or, or, or called, out. called out or held accountable for anything. There, there, was, uh, there were a few in our lifetime that we've seen where there was adultery happening. And the pastor was messing around with one someone's someone's uh, wife, and the husband called him out. Right? Um, notice the husband called him out. Yeah. Not 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 the board, not the elders. Um, I never saw anybody the church ever doing the Matthew except eight, us. or except <laughs> us the Matthew eighteen model where you if the if two or more are disagreeing they call the elders in. I never, I never saw anybody trying to reconcile groups of believers where there was division. And we saw division happening a lot. So I never, ever saw true accountability in the church. I have to say, corporate in a corporate church, in, in my, I mean, whatever, my 30 years, 25 years as a Christian, I never, I've never, I never witnessed it. So let's talk about accountability in a home church. Mm. And in a home church, firstly, there's, there's a leader of the home, um, of the home church, which you know, is generally the person who's guiding and leading what's going on. Everybody comes in, and you can tell because you know the people so well. And me being your wife, obviously I've witnessed this. We can sense straight away, there's, there's something wrong here, something wrong there. You're speaking with people. There's accountability. Okay, what are you doing in your life? What's going on? There were phone calls that happened often. We were praying for those people by name. There, were, there was engagement happening, families interacting, children playing together, raising children. When there were issues between believers, okay, we'd, we'd help re resolve those. I mean, I remember specifically an issue between two believers. You know, you called them up, put them online, had a discussion openly. If people can't resolve it themselves, firstly, you know, we'll give, let them resolve it themselves, then then step in. Um, you know, I, I, the accountability in a home church is huge. And now they'll say, okay, well, who is the leader of the church accountable to? And for me, it's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has to guide that, that be, be the leader of the church. And, and if, if there's a mistake and, and, and if there's error, and there are many times where you have come and said, okay, guys, this is what I understood before, but this is what I've discovered. Lord showed me this, and, and we've changed. Mm -hmm. I can give examples of, of areas where you've said, you know, um, like even when we started keeping the Sabbath, for example, we were very elementary. We didn't hadn't studied the scripture in detail. We just knew you dis it discovered. We, we were always keeping the Sabbath on a Sunday. You studied the scripture. Holy Spirit showed you, no, it's not a, Saturday, a Sunday. It's a Saturday, like I explained before, and we changed it. But we were very elementary in those days. We still were working. We still worked on the Sabbath, even though we didn't realize. We'd put the oven on. We'd cook. We'd bake. We'd, we'd warm up food. Mm -hmm. And then Holy Spirit showed us, don't seethe or bake on the Sabbath. Oh, we're actually supposed to be resting. 
So we all rested and we, and we changed what we did. As soon as we discovered it, we changed it. I know people don't say there's such a thing as progressive revelation, but each one of us discovers things all the time and, and the Lord's showing us. So the accountability in a home church is way higher than anything I've ever experienced. And I know we've been doing a home church for 10 years in January. I, I, it's incomparable. Yeah. Um, I would add also that... Um, that the accountability in a corporate church is less, right? Less to God, less to... And also the, the consequences on the people are also less. In other words, the benefits are also going to be less. Yeah, same Okay. Way. And what I'm saying for home church, you could get a leader that is off his chain, okay? Yeah, seriously. And he could lead the people astray. Yes. And can lead them... And so the consequences would be even higher, right? In a home church. In an, in, yeah, so just like you can get the... So let's say you get a great leader linked to the Lord, praying and fasting, spends time with the Lord. And that's why the scripture, I, I really do believe that um, that we as believers, we do need to look at the signs and the fruit of the believers. We need to say... Of the leader. Of the leader. The Bible talks about, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Every leader should be saying that. If they say something like, oh, I don't follow me, I, I'm a, I'm a, I make mistakes, don't follow me, then who can the people follow mm -hmm. unless you be an example? So we have to be examples to people. So we have to look, we have to be fruit inspectors and sign inspectors. Because you could, so, so I do believe that, that a home church, you're going to get way more growth, way more development, way more closeness with the Lord. But at the same time as I'm saying this, also you could also get um, uh, higher consequences um, uh, could me mess a person up, right? So you have to always measure according to the fruit. Now, at the same time, having said that, because you're having a close interaction with people all the time, therefore people are sharing their heart, therefore people are more emotionally charged in a home church than in a corporate. In a corporate, you say, Everybody shake everybody's hand. You shake the hand. You pat the guy on the back. You haven't seen him. You see me every Sunday. But in a home church, you have discussions throughout the week. You only meet maybe once a week, but you have discussions. You're emailing. You're texting. You you're phoning. You meeting outside. You know intimately what's you going on in that person's so, life. So when there's an issue, unforgiveness is way harder to deal with because you're so close. Yeah. Than in a corporate church. So a corporate church is, I would say, safe. And that's what I always tell people. A home church is the A team. The B team, C team, and the Z team is a corporate. But understand, when you're in the A team, there are, sometimes there's bigger uh, um, consequences. consequences, but also benefits. Also, the, the mm -hmm. idea is... The extremes you're talking about. Yeah, do you... Do you because now you're loving people more. I want to be clear. You love people more. Then and the corporate, but then you're more at risk of and being hurt. More transparent, you're more at risk to be get hurt, and and those and that those wounds can hurt right deeply mm -hmm. because you have invested. People have eaten at your house. You've spent years with them. And then they turn around and then they stab you in the back, and now you have to learn to deal with it. And and that for home church, yes, you get um, obviously amazing benefits, man, amazing accountability, but at the same time, you also can get the other side and you have to guard yourself against those things mm -hmm. but like you reminded me also is that 95 90 to 95 percent of the time 
your engagement with the people in the home church are positive experiences. Yes. No. And they are truly deep uh, friendships of, of... Yeah, 99% of the time it's, it's amazing and everything's having good. But the fact is that 1% mm-hmm. can put a dampener on everything else. Now, mm. you may not say it the right way. Meantime, what you're saying is correct, but you can say it the wrong way and you can offend the people. Mm-hmm. Or and the enemy wants to stop what's going on of, when of, things of are, when questions are, the fire is, is high. And I'd also say that another thing that we learned about home church which never happened to us ever in any of the churches we're in is we would really give focus to marriages mm-hmm. and the accountability of a family unit okay husbands are you leading your wives wives are you submitting husbands you know, wives are you helping your husbands are you helping your husbands husbands are you allowing your wives to help you right? yes Husbands and, and are, you, are you being intimate, husband mm-hmm. and wife? Yeah. Churches don't ask Nobody those questions. Nobody asked that question. Yeah. We asked that. We, we, we followed up regularly. Okay. What do you, do you feel like your needs are being met? With, you know, we would have husband and wife counseling. Plus, we would deal with issues. We, we knew who in the church was struggling with what issues. Mm-hmm. Like, and normally it, it linked to, normally, a lack of prayer and a lack of fasting. Fasting. Lack of prayer, fasting, and in the word. That's normally when when you we say have issues, the issue is normally that was the root. The fact is, people weren't spending time in the Word, they weren't spending time in prayer. Therefore, and, and I find if you spend a lot of time in the Word and pray, you don't get offended easily, mm-hmm. because it's like you spend time in the Word, you're not offended. But if you if you don't spend, then everything becomes blown out of proportion, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so that is the that's the alternate side of 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 having a home church versus a corporate church, uh, and you know, I mean, it's just an interesting concept because of all the, the there's so many conversations I've had recently about, you know, what church should they go to? What's the right church? Should you be part of a group of believers? Oh, you have to go to church. You have to do this, and you know, I think it. I think so. So, so I know that we're running out of time. And um, but if you had to give someone uh, advice on on selecting a a gathering, what would you tell them? Well, uh, firstly, I would say you need to pray and fast and say, "Okay, Lord, I'm I'm searching, and I want to be with a like-minded group of believers. I I, I want to be, you know, because it, it, it's also the other thing about the corporate churches is it's a place." For opportunities for you to use your gifts mm-hmm. but I, I really believe those gifts need to be bringing in unbelievers it is good that you to be part of you know helping believers but the point is we need to go out and preach the gospel and what I find is churches become very insular but but isn't that isn't, isn't that the purpose of a church because the church was never meant to be a seeker friendly church no it was always meant to equip believers equip equip believers and it was not to bring your, your cousin or your friend that is an unbeliever to the church so that they can get saved. That was never the intention. It was really to equip the believers. To go out and preach the gospel. Ephesians 4 talks about it. It's for the equipping of, of the, the saints. saints. That's the objective of the gathering. But, but we've it, made it into a seeker friendly that we've dumbed down the message because of the, un, uh, the unbelievers. And But we are supposed to, as individuals, Bringing in, we need to be speaking, having discussions with our unbelieving friends, mm-hmm. bring them to our and house. And that's what I believe with a home church is that you are equipped 
at the home church because you discipled to go out and live every day bringing people to the Lord. Whereas I, I find in a corporate church, you know, some will be equipping, but people will be growing in their faith. But they need to be, you know, have, have the boldness to go out. And, you know, I, we can get into this another time, but I also just recognize that the impact of money in, in a corporate church plays such a big role in, in, in the way that it functions. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's tough because people have to survive. Pastors need to eat. They need to feed their families, and people are so judgmental of money. But yet, uh, most uh, most churches will know who their big givers are and will cater to those big givers. And then they will charge people who want to get married. They'll charge people in their church to come and use their facility. Meanwhile, isn't the church supposed to be encouraging this this that kind of atmosphere? Anyway, we can get into that another day. But the first thing I think people should do is pray and fast and say, "Lord, I'm seeking to go," and and, and then think about what what is it that you want from this church. Is, is, do you, are you going to a church? Is the Lord sending you to a church because you need to be uh, learning something? You need to be serving in a certain, way, a certain way and it only offers you these opportunities? Um, what is it? Uh, you know, um, th- That's how I think people... What do you think? How do you think people should find a church? No, I, I would say yes. I think that's a good one. is fasting, praying, and, and seeing if where you can give your gifts or places to learn uh, it doesn't have to be it can be one or the other or both or both ideally it should be both and and that's one but the, I would say for me the most important out of everything is looking at the pastor the, or should I say the leader of the leadership the does this person um, have the signs in his life in other words do they lay hands on the sick do they cast out demons um, do they believe um, the power that God has given the believers today yes or no that's a big one the second one is, do they have the fruit? And and to me, the fruit is, helping the poor is, is very important. Um, are they money-focused? So they should not be money-focused, right? And and those, those are the kind of things that would, would actually be a... Um, and they have a... And I think the key, the key message all the time should be focusing on Yeshua, Jesus. If they're thinking about Jesus and glorifying Him... And, and honoring him all the time, everything else falls into place. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would add one more thing, and and this is just came to me right now. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe it. It's, it's from Holy Spirit, because I've I've been thinking about this for a long time. Is I, I would suggest that also if you are attending a church that is not missions focused, like outwardly focused, it doesn't have, um, it doesn't. No, I'm not talking about missions sending overseas. I'm talking about Ways that you can practically reach the community to bring people to Jesus, you should not attend that church. If it's just an inwardly focused church of how do we entertain people, how do we have worship on a Sunday, how do we... So the church should be challenging you, challenging you to to be more holy, challenging you to, to do more for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God. And, and 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 when I say kingdom of God, I mean go into all the world and preach the gospel. How well, not everybody is going to be a no, preacher, but, right? but but there's ways for you to 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 bring souls into the kingdom, and and that is the key focus. And and if the church is not doing that, you know, like, I would say stay away from seeker friendly churches. Seeker friendly churches, no. And that's what they're doing, right? That's the, if you are if you no, use no, it no 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 because it, that's why I say if it's missions focused, in other words, not a seeker friendly church. We teach you here, but we've got outreach outreaches. This is how we reach to the community. This is how we reach out to the, you know. 
but when I'm thinking, I'm looking at the early church structure, um, it, it was individuals within the church went out to different places. Well, when it, they it said take care of the women, the widows and orphans? There, there in, no, there was inside the... They took orphans into the church? Yeah, they took care of the orphans and... and so they set up orphanages. So then go and work for an orphanage? Is no, that what you're trying no, to say? No, I'm saying they took care of them. So they, they fed... Didn't they have orphanages? Yeah, so if you were in a church and they, they have a ministry of, of, of serving the poor, does your, does your minister, no, does well, that church well, that, have in from the cold? For example, in from the cold is a is a ministry in Canada where church is hosted. So you, you but again, again to me, it's like if we want to label things like in from the cold, and we label things, then does that mean it's right? For me, it's more of if if, if people. The fruit to me is that individuals within the, the congregation they're not depend they're not waiting on the for the church or the leader to do something. They'll do it, but the leader equips them. But that's, to go that's and do the thing things. is, I find but, that there's so many. I mean, this maybe could be a second podcast, and, and maybe we save it for the next time. But but the thing is, how does a how should a pastor manage in in, in ministries within their ministry? Because everybody should be coming in with purpose for their king, the kingdom of God, right? And 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 what happens is somebody comes in, they they they're full of fire, they've got such great ideas, they want to do something, and the pastor's like, well, no, we can't do it in the. And that's church. why it's not just the pastor, and that's why you have that's right. That's you, have a, you have elders. Um, you have different people with different structures in the church to do different things. So even, for example, in the home church, in terms of the structure, yes, you have the one leader, but also the next one is there's normally one or two elders mm -hmm. within there that um, help and lead others. Help in. And help and, and they are the, the ones that are normally knowledgeable in the Word of God. People look to. They, they also facilitate part of the discussion. They also give a lot of input. And and they'll, and they'll expound on things, so it's not just and the they meet leader. with other people in their church and, they meet and help with other them. People, yeah. Of course. yeah, and and you know, and I know time's coming to an end, so I I want to remind you of something that I remember you said once when we left a church, and you said to people, "We're not leaving. It's the same company, just a different department." Mm -hmm. Um, and I always remember that, and that, you know what, churches are doing good things. I'm not speaking against the corporate church. Same company, different what departments. Are you not speaking we have spoken against somewhat. Against no, no, but we're not going to every single church. It's the structure that we're challenging based on the biblical model, which we didn't go into. So I guess that's for another time too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you want to close in prayer? Sure. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time today, Lord. And we, we, we earnestly lift up our discussion to you today, Lord, and, and whatever topics have been stirred within each of our listeners challenging them helping them to think through where they're serving what they're doing for your kingdom lord your 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 son taught us to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven lord and will your kingdom come and so lord we pray that your kingdom will come here on earth not in man's ways but in your ways and we pray that each one of us would be directed and led by your spirit to fulfill what you've called us to do based on the gifts and talents you've given us. And we pray upon each person today that they are blessed and, and guided by your spirit to do what it is you've called them to do. I pray this in the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen.